Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Ah, happy Friday evening out there, Jay Binkley, along with producer Julio Sanchez. Getting ready for this uh, Chiefs-Broncos game this weekend. We'll talk a lot about that game tonight. A lot about that game tonight. If you were listening during 2-6, to six, CDOT and Rob, they had on uh, Trill Davis. Find out who his biggest rival was. He did mention who the Broncos consider their biggest rival. What was his answer? Tell you that coming up in a little bit. But uh, Trill Davis, Rodney Harrison, who will be part of Sunday Night Football. Uh, he's part of the studio crew with SNF uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs and Denver Broncos. He was on with them earlier today. We'll talk to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, at 6.30 tonight. Then around 7.15 or so, we'll head out to Denver Live and talk to Andy Lindholm, former Broncos sideline reporter those afternoons in Denver right now. Then, of course, two guys in a brewery with the friends at Border Brewing. Just opened up a new place. It was like our original guys, the OGs of breweries in Kansas City. And we'll have them on at 7.15. But first of all, Julio... I've got to congratulate. How about just throw out a congratulations? I've been talking about high school football, acknowledging the champions, and today you have a champion, Smithville High School, Class 4 in Missouri, David Hannibal. Congratulations uh, to Smithville. I know Julio is a Smithville resident, so he's very excited about the Smithville football team. But anyway, they get the uh, dub today and the state championship uh, for Smithville, Missouri. But the Kansas City Chiefs and Denver Broncos getting ready to embark on a fun game. Uh, little did we know it would be this fun when they first uh, flexed this game to Sunday Night Football instead of the afternoons. It became one of those games where you're like, okay, I, there's not many choices they had. It's Denver, Kansas City. Was there anything going to be on the line? Well, then they go and beat the Chargers uh, with authority. And then all of a sudden, the Chiefs and, and Broncos means a first place on the line. I'm sure Sunday Night Football relatively relieved at the fact that there's the uh, Denver Broncos. Oh, hey, Julio. How are we doing today? I'm doing all right. I know the afternoon show was bothering you, but I did congratulate Smithville. They like to they like to chat like like women, but that's okay. That's okay. We show love for that. I but yes, congratulate, congratulations yes. to Smithville, Smithville. man. How that's a that? big deal. Yeah, I did. That's a big deal. I was talking about. I'm that. happy for him. Yeah, I'm happy for him too. So congrats. I know you're a Smithville guy, so I had to congratulate Thank Smithville. You. But the Broncos and Chiefs, when they flexed this game to Sunday night, this wasn't for first place at that point. I mean, they had Denver beating the Chargers. This game looks a little bit different. Then we're starting to talk about the Chargers game in two weeks like we will anyway, that Thursday night game. Weird crap happens on Thursday. I don't like Thursday night football. I've seen weird stuff. I've seen the 7-3 and three Chiefs go to Oakland and lose to an 0-10 Raiders team. 
It, Thursday nights are weird. But again, this stretch is 11 days, three games for the Chiefs. The whole season, essentially, to me, is over in, in three, three, this three-week stretch. 11-day stretch. Now, it's 13 days from now, 12 tomorrow, 11 on game day. But that stretch right there, those 11 days define who and what is the AFC West. I mean, it might even be this week, right? Depending on on the uh, the Chargers situation, right? Yeah, well, we'll see playing what happens, the Bengals because isn't that? I mean, essentially, that's going to be it's for the game. wild card spot, right? It's a big game. I mean, the Chiefs, you know, going out to Los Angeles, you know, it's a weird year, a weird deal. Every, every team in this division is above five hundred, and Chiefs have the Raiders again. Of course, we all saw what happened out in Las Vegas. Now it's at Arrowhead Stadium. You're not as worried about that game. I think this game in the Chargers game is pause for concern. Um, I think the Chiefs, uh, spoiler alert, I think the Chiefs get the victory over the Denver Broncos on Sunday. But I I don't think it's a dramatic, you know, nine and a half point Vegas favorite type odds for this game. Doesn't that number surprise you? I mean, the the Broncos have been, again, they're above 500 and they've been competitive in pretty much every game this year. I I don't understand that spread either. But, you know, the game that people point to is that they got rolled because they beat Denver and they lose to Philly. But that game was actually close there for a minute. And Philly's not a terrible team. But they're not. But that game was close there for a minute. That was the whole Teddy Bridgewater when he made the phantom tackle, and people yes. gave him crap because yep. he had a chance. That, that was the game was still competitive at that point before he let a uh, return go all the way back. Teddy Bridgewater bowed out of doing. He made a, quote, a business, business decision, decision not to make that tackle. But this Broncos team. Here's the thing with them. I like the roster, and I've liked the roster the whole time. I mean, I've argued with different people about the Chargers, Broncos, like who do you consider the biggest threat? That's been a big, you know, topic of discussion. The Chargers always get love. For some reason, everybody loves the Chargers. Every and year, I right? No we idea over why. This every year. People love the Chargers. The Broncos not getting the love, and I think a lot of it's due to, well, quarterback situation and Vic Fangio is the head coach. Exactly. But roster-wise, if you take out the coach, and hell, if you, even if you throw in the quarterback, it's Justin Herbert, the Messiah is not exactly lighting it up right now. Granted, I, I'll give the, the second best quarterback in this division is Herbert because I, I do like him better than Derek Far Carr. Even though Carr's numbers are better, I'll take Justin Herbert. But the bottom line is, roster-wise, I like the Denver Broncos. I mean, if you haven't been paying attention, and I know Melvin Gordon's probably doubtful, probably won't play this weekend, but Javante Williams, he's better he's than Gordon. He's a beast, Maybe. man. He's better than Melvin anyway. Yeah. It's like 4.9 yards per carry. The guy's a total stud. And then you look at their tight end situation with Noah Fant, Albert O, remember him? And then you get yeah. the best route runner that came out in the draft two years ago, Jerry Judy from Alabama. Oh, and by the way, the top two leading receivers are Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, who, by the way, two weeks ago, essentially, since we're sitting there on, what, December 4th? So two weeks ago, 20th of December or November, they gave contract extensions to. So they're counting on that wide receiver core. It's a good wide receiver core. I mean, that is a good yeah. – well, it's not like Dallas count, you know – we're talking Cooper and and CD and uh, they're and just Michael as Gallup. deep. Maybe not this, not maybe not the same ceiling. It's good but trail. just as deep. Good trail, good tight ends. Yeah. Okay, so then you look at their defense. Yes, they traded Von Miller. Were they throwing in the towel or not? Or giving Von Miller a quote chance to win? The Broncos might have a, as good a chance to win as the Rams. How it's you know, but they were pushing all in. That's fine. They got rid of. How Von good Miller. does that trade look, by the way? It looks great, right? Because Von Miller hasn't done much at all. But they're third in the NFL in points against. Like it's a top ten defense in the Denver Broncos. They can't play defense, and they've drafted to stop the Chiefs. This is their way to combat Patrick Mahomes. The Chargers a little bit different because their defense has gone the other direction. Thirty second worst rush defense in the NFL was Justin Herbert. We'll match him firepower with firepower. To try to, to try to stop the Kansas City Chiefs. Denver did it by bringing in Darby, bringing in Fuller. They drafted Patrick Sertan. 
and they said, no, we're not going to get a quarterback in the draft. I do think they thought they had a shot at Aaron Rodgers. They did, for sure. And they they settled for Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater locked, fought it out in preseason. Um, again, I think it's a bad situation for both Bridgewater and Drew Locke with Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio. But some something's got to change for that team. Because to me, they're still on a treadmill. Denver will be this team that's got a good roster, but they can't complete it. Interesting in quarterback terms when Alex Smith was here. Alex Smith was good enough to you know get get the Chiefs to the playoffs, have a good season, but was he good enough to put the Chiefs over the top and win a Super Bowl? Yeah. Well, same coach, same situation, didn't do it. So I'd have to say no. No. Patrick Mahomes did it. You First can, year starting. You can he, have as much talent as you want on both sides of the ball, but the one position that matters the most is the quarterback. You don't get that right, you're – you're never going to get over the hump. I mean, right? Andy, Andy Reid would do some. Especially in the playoffs. He would do some nasty things with this division if he was in Denver. No, granted, I don't I mean, It would be interesting to see what he could do with Bridgewater. It would be better than what Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer are doing yeah, with him. Yeah, no question. I'll give you that. But he's on a one-year contract, is Bridgewater. And all of a sudden, you look at this the college stock of quarterbacks. And that franchise quarterback Not doesn't good. really exist. Not good. Unless you go, oh, Kenny Pickett at Pittsburgh, oh, we want him. Are you in position to get him? I don't think that's the answer. Matt Corral, I do like the way he plays. I don't think that's the answer. Spencer Rattler is going to be a surefire first-rounder. Hit the nah. transfer portal. He stayed in college football because he got benched this year. <laughs> Things yeah. really changed for him. Then what about Aaron Rodgers? Because that, that rumor to Denver, it was pretty hot and heavy. Anytime like Mark Schleyworth, Mr. Denver, Mr. Donkey gets involved in it, saying it's going to happen, you put some validity behind it, right? Yeah, there was it was realistic. There. there was something there. And remember Deshaun Watson? The whole rumors were Miami and Denver was always mentioned too. Remember? The Denver yep. Broncos were always mentioned with Deshaun Watson. And then there's Russell Wilson, wherever he ends up. And how much he's got left, I don't know. Russell's clearly not playing well this year, but it's a weird situation in Seattle. But they, they, they're going to need something like that. It's what they do. I mean, they brought in Peyton Manning, same situation. They bring in a quarterback and go, the quarterback to build for the future, I don't believe is there. I mean, you could take a long shot on a guy. It may take a couple of years. The problem is... You just extended two of your receivers, and Judy's still on his, his rookie contract, but that's going to be coming up eventually. You got this window now to win. And will Denver be a threat to the Chiefs? Because as long as Mahomes exists in Kansas City, they're going to be a threat. And Andy Reid is showing no signs of slowing down or wanting to hit the retirement plan. So you got a couple problems if your other teams the US. You get the Reid Mahomes problem because they're not going away. It's just like when Elway was in Denver. You knew that team was never going to go away. And you go back to the late 90s, was it 98? Uh, the 97 and 18 when the Broncos won. The Chiefs actually finished 13 and 3 one year. Broncos finished 12 and 4. The Chiefs actually won the AFC West. Is the year with Terrell Davis, Elway, and that whole group. But the bottom line is, you always feared that they would be good because they had him. It's like we look at the Green Bay Packers. Do you ever think the Green Bay Packers are going to be like a five win team with Aaron Rodgers? No, you don't. They had Aaron Rodgers. Same thing with New England when Tom Brady was there. Granted, all these parts going, did you ever thought, okay, they're going to slip down to the doldrums of the 6-10 and 10 team back then? No. You thought they'd win because of the quarterback. Well, that's why these teams are viewing the Chiefs. Chargers feel confident they have their guy, but they got to put all the pieces together too. And again, Braden Staley, it's first-year head coach. Like, there's no track record yep. to say this guy's a winner. Got a good defense with the Rams last year, number one. Hell of a lot of talent there as well, including the best defensive player. You could make an argument the best all-around player in Aaron Donald in the National Football League the couple of years. Jalen Ramsey, the whole works. It's good defense. Was it him or was it them? We've said this about the Patriots too. Was it Brady or Belichick, right? What's going to be the answer? The Raiders is kind of uncertain world. 
You know, this year they find a situation they're out, their head coach. They're down two of their 2020 number one draft picks, number 12 and 19. Henry Ruggs won't even go into that, but he's gone. Raiders are in purgatory. They are. They're just on a treadmill, man. They're just not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. It's the way I look at the Broncos right now, although I love that roster. Hell of a defense. Vic Fangio, I understand. Great defensive mind. But does he have the gumption? Because he said some things about Drew Locke last week when he got the chance to step in for Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. When Bridgewater got he hurt. He never has anything positive he did. to say about he's Drew like, Locke. Hey, he's better do that. It's like, it's not he the re-endorsement. Vic, Vic's like that, though. Like, Vic was asked about Monday, Sunday Night Football. I said, ah, oh, the kids all like it. You know, back in my day, Monday Night Football was the big thing, right? Vic Fangio is the dude that has his kids or grandkids figure out his cell phone for him. Guarantee he's that guy. <laughs> that's a that's a solid. Uh, can you help me with this point. email? That's Vic Fangio. He's very old school. Hey kids, come here and show. Hey kids, go show Grandpa how to work the phone. But that's it. But that's exactly what they signed up for when you when you get a first time sixty plus year old head coach. Again, great that's what they signed mind, up for. But you got to be able to work with the quarterbacks, man. They have to be behind you. They have to trust you. But they you. didn't sign him to. No, I don't know why they didn't. Si- they signed him to be a defensive minded head coach, they and that's thought- what they got. Since the talent they had, the only way to stop the Chiefs was by defense. Again. Show coverages, two-eye safeties, whatever it is. What can you do to figure out how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs? You can have all the skill players you want. The quarterback position is really the only thing that matters. Again, they average the 20, 20 points Doesn't a game. Matter. With that kind of talent. And I know Bridgewater's put up some numbers. You see the comparison of the quarterbacks. Come on, man. Dude fails the tackle. Pulled a coward play in the National Football League. <laughs> that was and he's not, And he's not the answer for him. But I will say this. I got all the respect for Judy, Patrick, and Cortland Sutton. Noah Fan, Javante Williams. Again, that core is pretty tough. Now Garrett Bowles is back on the offensive line this week. Again, their core is intact, but do they have the pieces to put it together? Here's the thing with Denver. They win the game, false sense of security, right? Oh, Vic Fangio goes in and beats the mighty Chiefs. First since 2015, 11 straight. He stops the streak. Teddy Bridgewater gets the job. What are you going to do? Give him their contract? You really think Teddy's going to be the guy going forward? You think Vic's going to be the guy going forward? I think they need to change both pieces, Fangio and Bridgewater. I just have a stinking uh, suspension. They're only going to do one of them. One of those two will be back. Yeah. yeah. Well, Which is good for Chiefs. What that are they going to do the Chiefs. If, if they get rid of Teddy? Who are they going to bring in next year that's going to be any better? At least he doesn't turn the ball Again, over, right? He's a game manager. Aaron Rodgers or something like that. Yeah. He's your backup quarterback or whatever. Hey, Because he went in with no, nothing was guaranteed when he went to Denver. Well, and, Drew Locke was there. It's going to be an open competition. And it doesn't it look like they are building the team and maintaining the team to be an attractive destination for the type of quarterback that they need or that they want? Like uh, in Aaron Rodgers, right? we'll see what happens because the Aaron Rodgers news just fell right before the draft. Remember, yeah, that was just, that we'll came see. out of nowhere. I feel like they're positioning. Uh, yeah. But anyway, there's things that happen, but that's what they should be concerned about because I don't know if they have the right answers. And they should. They, they have a, uh, the makings of a team that can – Maybe challenge for the division, finish two games behind the Chiefs or a game behind the Kansas City Chiefs. But do you view that group as a group that can win the Super Bowl? But how far are they from being a threat to the Kansas City Chiefs? I think pretty close. I think closer than a lot of people think if they had the right pieces in place. Agreed. Bank, what about Blue Valley Northwest winning football? You got to listen last week. That was so last week, man. I already gave them their props. (laughs) Missouri's still going. Kansas was done after Thanksgiving, man. I gave Blue Valley Northwest the props for winning a state title. All right? This is this is current stuff. Smithville just did it today. Web City's playing tonight, but I probably don't bring them up because they're not local. Smithville is. Yes, they are. But again, Go I talked Warriors. about it last week. That's your week old. 
Hey, we won World War II. <laughs> hey, All we right. landed on the moon. All right. All right, we come back. <laughs> Rodney Harrison, former uh, safety of the Chargers and the Patriots, uh, currently on Sunday Night Football, uh, talking about the game, joined Carrington Harrison, had some interesting things to say about this defense. I'll let you know what that is next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back, Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez. By the way, Julio, shout out Drexel. Drexel slash Miami, a uh, eight-man football. You know what? I'm going to give them their props. You know why? Because it it's just, relevant? It was just, well, it was the third. It was last night. So it was third. Or second. Second. Excuse me. That was last night. So it counts. So I've already given Blue Valley Northwest, Mill Valley, the whole group, St. James Academy. I already talked about man. But they don't. They don't spend a lot of time on them last weekend. We like to show show love to the locals, you know. Yeah. I, I was going around thinking today was the fourth. It's actually the third, I guess. It's the third. That's right. Friday. Technically, who cares, right? Technically, who cares? Do we even care about the day of the week anymore unless it's your birthday or it's Christmas? Or... It's all blending together, if you ask me. But Like, I don't really care. Fifth, sixth, it doesn't matter. Some people actually have lives, unlike us, though, you know. Yeah, but the busier you are with the life, okay, who knows the dates more? Those with the life or without? Because... If you have a life, you're constantly busy, and you may forget what day it is. But on the other hand, if you are busy, you probably know the day because you probably have a calendar with all your events and your times and what you need to do on a certain day. Just saying. It can go both ways. Let me me tell you. You work in that that 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. You know when it's Friday. You might not know the exact date, but you know what day of the week it is. Oh, you do? But do you ever forget, like, if it's a Wednesday or Thursday or Tuesday or Wednesday? The middle of the week, it all blends together. Huh? The middle of the week blends together. I, I will say that. But like I said, you know when it's Monday, you know when it's Friday. Oh, you absolutely know when it's Friday. Obviously Monday as well. But the rest of the week kind of becomes a jumbled mess. 913-576-7610 is our phone number. Jay Southland Tow Service text line 913-576-7610. I gave Jay Southland a nice shout out today. I stopped in uh, O'Reilly to get something. Somebody had a car and need towed. said, Call my friends at Jay Southland. You know why? It's on my mind, man. Like it's the first place I'm calling. It's the first words coming out of my mouth with toast service because of the text line. Makes sense. I've used it before. That's why they advertise with us, right? It is, but it's top of mind, right? It is. It should be. It's completely top of mind, so that's who I use. Way to pitch for him. No, I'm not, not pitching anything. I'm just saying you sponsor the text line where we mention it like 50,000 times a day. It comes top of mind. Anyway, that's how that works. Rodney Harrison was on with Carrington Harrison earlier today. You know Rodney Harrison, the former safety Chargers and the, and the Patriots. Played until he was in his, uh, well, 36 years old, I think, with Rodney Harrison. But again, you know, he's probably got some interesting things to say about the Honey Badger as well. How much does he have left in the tank? Because he's going to be over that, uh, that 30-year-old mark as well. But uh, he was asked about the last time he saw the Chiefs. Well, he's seen them before. But the, it was the Bills game was a Sunday night game. And the Sunday night football game now with the Broncos. This is what he said to Carrington. Absolutely. And offensively, you know, they get Clyde Edwards Hilaire back. And, and really, to me, he's the X factor. We know what they can do in the passing game and what they've accomplished in the past. But to me, this is the guy that really gives them that physical presence. He's a guy that takes pressure off of Patrick Mahomes. And he's a guy that they haven't really even utilized his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. So it's so much more room for this offense to grow. And I'm excited to watch it. He's obviously a big fan of Clyde, <laughs> big fan of Clyde. 
Andy Reid did do his updates today as far as who the injuries were, the sickness. He's got a little bit of a stomach uh, stomach bug. Does uh, does uh, does Clyde Edwards-Alaire should play on Sunday. But anyway, here's Andy Reid today, all right? It's Andy Reid on the injuries. As far as um, the injuries go, um, uh, Rashard Fenton and um, – Rashad Fenton and uh, uh, Lucas Nyang will uh, <clears throat> will have them listed as out, um, and then Clyde um, had a stomach flu today, so um, he didn't he didn't practice, but he, he should be fine to go here once we get to the game. That'll be interesting. There he practiced all week, right, Julio? But didn't practice today. Stomach illness. You know Andy Reid's deal. You don't practice Friday, you don't play. Well, do you get an exception for the stomach flu if you've practiced all week, then all of a sudden you catch a bug? I think you do. He's had enough time off. It's fine. Well, it's not until Sunday night, man. Yeah. Just take some IVs, take the leading uh, prescription uh, cough remedy, flu remedy. They'll get him right. Take some Theraflu. Get right back out there. Regardless, Rodney Harrison was also talking about the defense. He talks about the Chiefs being different and Clyde Edwards-Laird being different, where there's other things, too. Here's what I care about. What do you make about the defensive turnaround with the Chiefs? Well, I think, number one, they've gotten a little healthier. And, and I think, number two, and, and probably the most important thing outside of health is they're back hungry. They're playing with passion. You can see they play, they're flying around, playing defense. Like, you think about what they did against the Cowboys. I turned on the tape, and I think the first two or three plays, they're blitzing. You know, the very first play of the game, I think Tyron Matthew comes out, and he, you know, he blitzes. But to me, that sends a message to your players, like, Coaches saying, Spagnola, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to come after these guys. We're going to show them different looks. And I love that because that's when I think they're at their very best. And I tell you this, man, I'm really pumped up about that secondary. You know, those secondary, you can say what you want. Those young guys, they fly around. They play hard. They compete. Yeah, they give up some plays. They make some mistakes. But a very good bunch that you can continue to, as a coach and as other players to build around. I, I really like that secondary. I, I'm pumped up about the defense. It's no longer defense. Time to go grab the nachos and beer whenever they're out there. They're making some plays. They're flying around. I, I like the secondary a lot, too. Fitton, <laughs> second-best passer, uh, PFF rating of cornerbacks, not playing. He is out. That guy is real. That sucks because I like watching Fitton play a lot. But as far as flying around, they don't need that nickel blitz as much anymore because they're getting to it from the front. It's always there in the back pocket to have that nickel blitz like they did last year when they had five straight games with a sack from a nickel corner, four of them coming from Algerius, and then another one coming from uh, from uh, DeAndre Baker when he basically played for him in that Chargers game. But the one thing is they're actually getting to the quarterback and bringing him down. They've always been a top-ten blitzing team this year with Spags. Blitz percentage, they're fifth in the NFL, all teams that blitz. Fourth in the number of blitzes. Pressure percentage, they're 20th because they're blitzing but not getting there, but they are now. They are now. That's been the big turnaround. Quarterback hits, they're eighth in the league, 27th in sacks with 19. But the bottom line is, last three games, 10 points a game, 30 points. Last four games, they've given 11.7 points per game. Last five, 14.8. And that includes the Titans game. Those numbers are deceiving, right? Because the the first five games of the season really dragged those numbers down. But the last five does include the Titans, but yet it's still 14.8, right? Yep. That's why I included them. Last five, last four. But again, you're going 14.8, 11.75. Now down to 10 points a game. Are they worth 10 points a game defensively? I mean, scoring defense, they still got a long way to go. They're 22.7 points a game, but that's coming down. The total's coming down. You know, by the way, this run defense, 15th in the NFL now. 
That's all I've heard from you know people from national media how well the Broncos run the football. Broncos run offense 14th in the NFL. Chiefs run offense 17th. It's not a huge difference, Julio. Chiefs 111 yards a game. Broncos just three yards more. That's including him and Gordon and Javante. Only three more yards a game than Chiefs. You wouldn't think that. Very deceiving. It's when the Holmes heads at 25 or 30 yards to get to that total for the Chiefs run offense. Obviously, their offense struggling a little bit at 20.7 points a game. Here's more on uh, from Rodney Harrison on Juan Thornhill in particular, what he sees from him being, well, a fellow safety. You see, I see a, a, a kid that has natural instincts, a good good athlete, and a kid that's learned a ton from Tyron Matthew. If, you, if you're around that amount of greatness mentally and physically and all that experience Tyron Matthew brings and the passion in which he plays, and you can't get pumped off of you can't get pumped up. You can't learn from that, then something's missing. But you can tell when you when you watch him play that he's learning a lot from Tyron. Speaking of the honey badger, he's 29 years old. This May he turns 30, so next football season he will be 30 years old. Rodney Harrison played into his 30s and played very well. Not everybody can do it. Some guys can. They get moved from corner to Woodson the same way. Rod, you go from corner to safety, it prolongs your career, unless you're just a natural safety anyway. Here's what he thought. I thought it was interesting. What should Honey Badger be thinking? He's going to be a free agent. What should he be thinking going forward? Well, if, if I was Tyron, if I had a chance to talk to him, I'd tell him like this, look, bro, you're in a great situation with Kansas City, and I know you want to get paid. Maybe they, they can't pay you 15 Maybe they can't pay you $15 million a year, but maybe you guys can agree at 9 or $10 million a year. That would be something that he has to look at and say that he's comfortable with. But ultimately, if you want to retire with the organization, and you're an older player, and you got a young safety, and you got some other young guys in the secondary. You can't, you know, as a veteran player, you can't eat off the bone too much. You got to make sure that it's comfortable within the organization that you can still fit in salary wise, and then you can be there and possibly finish finish your career. But if I'm Tyrod, it just depends on where his priorities at. Maybe he's at this stage and point in his career where he wants to do something different. He wants to experience maybe the NFC or again or something like that. But maybe he says, you know what, I've made plenty of money. I'm financially set. I'll finish my career with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's something that I would do, especially playing for Andy Reid, the way he takes care of players, Patrick Mahomes. You know you're going to always be right there compete. So if it's me, just like I did, I took a little less money to come win some Super Bowls, and the rest is history. Nobody's ever, nobody's always cut from that cloth, though, Julio. Take less money. You've already got the ring. But again, he's talking about comfort. You're here with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. You know this defense inside and out. Matter of fact, he he's the leader of these defensive backs. He shows up 10 minutes before practice with those defensive backs, Spag said. You know, he's one of those guys. But again, you know, he's had this relationship, you know, not taking criticism well. Well, and he's hinted on several occasions, right, that that's, that's not the position he plans on taking. We'll, when they decide to redo his contract. But I'll say this guy always shows up. The he guy always shows he up does. wanting to play. Except for when he has to he'll play there. hurt as well. Like he they, that, that's Christmas tree. But that's the well, I don't know. I don't know what else he had going on that day. But that he does a lot of he does a lot of stuff. Yes. I don't I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm just Yeah, I yeah. I, I don't know much about it. yeah, I mean <laughs> what, these these side things, man. Whatever. But he shows up to play. That's what I care about. He shows up He's to play the heart football. of the defense, really. He Him shows and Chris up Jones. to play football. Yeah, he does show up to play football. I do give Chris Jones more credit for the, this defensive turnaround than him, but uh, yeah, I will listen to the argument. I will listen to the argument. One thing is, this defense was tired of hearing how bad they were. They were tired of hearing about it, and they did something about it. I mean, you can sit there and take it, or you can do something. You get to talk about it, or you're going to be about it. They were being about it. Well, and, and to be fair, 
to him, his last contract that he's under currently was team friendly. Yeah. I mean, it, it was. So you have to take that into account with his decision as well. One of the highest, if not it was, top three highest paid safeties. He wasn't shortchanged by any means. He was but, not shortchanged. You know. But again, going forward, how, how good can he be? Roddy Harrison, you know, proved that guys can still be really good past the age of 30. Is that, the again, ga- is that a gamble the Chiefs are willing to take? Is the question, right? They've gone down this road to safeties before. Like number twenty nine, he is an elite. He is elite of the elite. I mean, he is, and he's done it. Well, do you think you do better? Do you and, have- and the good thing on the defensive side of the ball is the safety position. Like you said, it you can age well in that position. I'm cautious though, but it's not my uh, money. It's not my money. It's not so, my money either. But I am cautious with giving big contracts out when you're past thirty. Yeah, got to be ne- smart ne- about never it. Never believe in that philosophy. Never have believed in that philosophy, especially with running backs. Anybody else? Especially second contracts, running backs. We've already been into that. But coming up next, Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, will diagnose this Broncos game from the Chiefs angle. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bacon Night. Pleased to be joined by uh, my good friend, Pete Sweeney. He's the editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, the one-stop shop. For all your Chiefs news, and will be going forward towards the draft as well. It's an all-year-round type thing. It's like the Jelly of the Month Club, Pete. It's the gift, the gift that keeps on giving all year round. Good evening, Pete. Good evening. What's going on? Yeah, it's good, man. I was just like, you know, you remember Jelly of the Month Club? I've never heard of that. It was Cousin Eddie. Awesome. Clark Griswold got that instead of a bonus, right? And Eddie's like, man, it's the gift that keeps on giving. All. It's the last thing someone wants to hear if they're expecting a bonus. You know what? I do remember that now. Yeah. I have to watch Christmas Vacation every year yeah. to make sure I, I remember. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there. Some uh, some innuendos as well. I'll uh, fill you in on some of those because I enjoy that. But uh, as far as the Kansas City Chiefs, Pete, you were out there all week. Of course, like you're out there every single day since uh, training camp. Look, uh, Lucas Niang still battling a problem. Shot Fenton. This is the big one to me because Wiley stepped in there for Niang and it's been okay. But losing Fenton for this game. Uh, there's some good receivers over there in Cortland Sutton, Patrick, and Jerry Judy. Yeah, and what's tough about this is Fenton is playing some really good ball. And the Chiefs have had this problem a couple times now where you have a player that you're really excited about, and then all of a sudden they're out of the lineup. We saw it with Willie Gay. We were all excited about what he might be able to do this year, and he starts the season uh, off, off the on the injured reserve list. And you have... Clyde Edwards-Alaire, back-to-back games of 100 yards rushing, and, and he's suddenly out. Now you have Rashad Benton, who is number two to Jalen Ramsey in PFF, which is wild to even say, and you're probably going to be looking at Mike Hughes, some kind of a combination of maybe Mike Hughes, DeAndre Baker. Uh, that's maybe one of the bright sides is, is maybe you get to see some of these guys. Hughes uh, is probably in line to get the first nod there, but we could even see a little bit of Baker, who the Chiefs were really excited about last year before he ended up getting uh, and injuries. So yeah, they'll be they'll be dipping into the reserves. I, I know that in Denver, they're focusing on a a run first type of game. We know that Melvin Gordon is going to be out, so it's going to be the rookie Devontae Williams, and and they'll be focusing on that. But we do now have to worry, I think, a little bit about their pass catchers. The Chiefs are are fortunate in the sense because they're a little shorthanded in the secondary that it's Teddy Bridgewater and not an Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson that was rumored in the offseason. What all have you heard about Melvin Gordon? Because I've seen doubtful, which means he's probably not going to play. Have you seen any other updates on him? To you, you affirming no, he is it, out. It was fifty-fifty to begin okay. the week. That's what I thought, uh, according to Vic Fangio, and it seems like that has since 
yeah. gone down. Yeah, he's uh, in he practice all week. And I, you know, I've been doing this nearly a decade yeah. now. I've never seen someone doubtful play. So uh, I'm looking at, at Williams. And it, it's not necessarily a break for the Chiefs because, and, and Jay, I know you but know the better. draft well, and I know you know this Williams kid. He can run the football. So uh, it's not like you can say, okay, no, Melvin uh, Gordon, this is a huge advantage suddenly for the Chiefs. So no. Williams is a pretty good back as well. No, he is. And coming out of the draft, I really like Javante Williams. Matter of fact, Pete, that leads me to the next question. I like this, I like this offense. And. I had discussions with you and others. I like this Broncos roster better than I do the Chargers, um, except for two things, and they're big things, obviously, the coach and the quarterback. But the, the yeah. talent on offense, and, you know, they're in it to win it. I mean, they give Sutton that extension. Uh, he's their leading receiver. Tim Patrick, their second lead receiver uh, by yardage. He got an extension. This is just a couple of weeks ago. So they're keeping them. Jerry Judy's a stud from Alabama, great route runner. I think the best route runner that came out of that draft when he came out. Tight end, Noah Fant, Albert O's there, Javante Williams. Again, this offense is loaded. Good pieces as well over on the defensive side with Patrick Sertan that they drafted last year. And this defense is no joke, third in the NFL in points. But, 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 how, how, what can we really expect from him, Pete? Because I've long contended that I, I know Vic's there, but when they went defense when everybody else was going offense. And I don't like some of the comments yeah. he's made about some of the quarterbacks. This part needs to be better. And I feel the Denver Broncos will be formidable with the quarterback. And I know Bridgewater's put up some decent numbers at times, but still they're averaging 20 points a game. That is what it is. But he's on a one-year contract this year. I know that this draft doesn't really yield that franchise quarterback. It might have to be a Deshaun Watson that's been rumored there, Aaron Rodgers before the season. These are all before the season type rumors to Denver. And then there's going to be maybe Russell Wilson out there as well. I feel like if Denver changes the coach and quarterback, they can compete with Kansas City. Not saying they can't be, you know, a nine-win team, ten-win team, but I don't see them going beyond that. You? Yeah, I, I think they could. Um, I, I really do. I, I, I think the quarterback is killing them. And you know, you talked about their skill position players and liking them more than the Chargers. If you took away either. Let's just say either Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, who are future Hall of Famers, we, we believe. And you only had one of those guys, and you know the rest of the, the Chiefs. Yeah. You'd probably take the Broncos over the Chiefs. You know, you just happen to have these two future Hall of Famers sure. here, so of course you're going to take Kansas City. Uh, so yeah, no, they have a really good supporting cast, and I, I think they realize that, and I think that's why they signed these two receivers because they do know that they're a quarterback away. And what's funny is this team is six and five, so with, what could get really dicey, in, in my opinion, I think Denver really wants to move on from the head coach. But they may fall, even with a lost Sunday. They'll still be in position and maybe fight for a wild card spot. So, are they really willing, or are they? Will they be really willing to make a wild card spot if they're able to pull that off? It's a tall task, but let's just say they are to fire a coach after that. I don't know. I don't know. But it does to me feel like they're getting everything in place to move on from the quarterback and the coach and focus on rallying against the Chiefs in 2022. I mean, you mentioned the names. There's going to be more names. There always are more quarterback names out there. There'll be better options than Teddy Bridgewater. I, I, I know there's differing opinions about a guy like Jimmy G, if they are striking out on Watson and Rodgers and, and Wilson. So, yeah, I mean, we will, we'll see how this kind of plays out. But right now, you might have a, a really solid defense. You may have some of these pieces on offense, but until you have a better quarterback, you ain't beating the Chiefs. In the windows are so short in the NFL. Like you got you got this young core that I can win. I think these offensive pieces can win in Denver, but 
I, I don't know how you, well, you project, Pete. I, if we're taking the two positions, coach and quarterback, I feel that at least one of them will change. I think this weekend, if they happen to beat the Chiefs, would give them false sense of security, to be honest with you. But I do believe at least one of the two pieces changes next year for Denver. So what do you think, Pete, if I was going to ask you? Both, one of the two, or none? I would be I would be pretty stunned if either are back. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think that's what Denver wants. If they can't find a quarterback, it's a little bit tougher, right, especially if you want one of these talented veterans. You, gotta, you, know, might, you might have to figure out a trade. You may have to figure out a, a way to – Get a quarterback loose and then sign him to, to, in some in some way. Uh, so I guess Bridgewater has a better possibility of staying, especially if he's able to get them close to the playoffs. I do think they move on from the head coach. It was a nice experiment, but I, I think they'll probably go after one of these young, uh, exciting guys. And who knows? Maybe uh, they turn to the division to to get a head coach and Eric Bieniemy. I just think this division is interesting. Looking at it, kind of the pieces they're doing because they're so close between the Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers. What about these next uh, 11 days, Pete? Uh, not, well, once the game starts, 11 days, three games, 11 days, all against the AFC West, the whole division will be, I mean, the whole Chiefs question marks, all of them will be answered within 11 days of, of Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be a tough little stretch here. Uh, division's, division's good. I mean, um, you know, you just look at the record, based upon record, and it's not arguable. The Chiefs playing in the best division in football uh, right now. They're the only division with... Every team above 500, and and each team I, I think has a chance to make the postseason. I tend to think the Chiefs are going to take care of the division, but I do think you're going to see one of these AFC West teams in a wild card spot, and it's going to be who can manage to win a game that maybe they shouldn't. And I, I know that these teams are going to be after the Chiefs. Um, we'll, we'll see. I, I think the toughest game of the the entire slate is playing two division games at home in a row, and then having to travel on short rest to play. Who is the other better quarterback in the division? Like I, I, I believe Herbert's the only one who could maybe rival Patrick Mahomes, and you're having to play him on short rest and changing time zones and whatnot. I'll be really impressed if they can pull off these two wins and then get that third one. Uh, that would put an exclamation point on the AFC West and pretty much end the division. Who's your uh, big? Uh, are you believe it in the Patriots like I am? I mean, they see this reminds me so much of young Tom Brady. You know, turnover yeah. margin taking care of the football, strong defense, number one defense in the NFL points against. Very similar to before Brady had the explosion on offense with Randy Moss, Wes Welker, and company. But it reminds me of that. I would say, to be honest with you, we'll find out a lot on Monday night. I think that's a key game, the Bills and the Patriots, because I think we put a lot more stock in who wins that game, and we should for the AFC. But for now, we have to wait on it, because the Bills, if the Bills go out and hammer the Patriots, all right, well, how do we look at the Bills? If the Patriots go out and take care of the – uh, of the of the Bills, do we sit here and say, all right, it's still the Patriots, Chiefs, or Chiefs, Patriots, and then the Bills? Yeah, I, I think the Patriots are going to win that game. We'll see. Um, I, I, I'm very intrigued after all the smoke is cleared from Sunday Night Football, and I've maybe taken a nap in the afternoon. As you know, it's, a, it's Sunday Night Football stuff to cover. Yeah. Uh, but I'll be excited to watch that game, uh, kind of just sit back and, and look at the rest of the AFC because, uh, they may be in the same division, but I think those are the next two contenders right now, uh, two maybe rivaling the Chiefs, and, and that might be a game that may tell us who may meet the Chiefs if they are able to continue their success in, in, in an AFC title type of situation. And the thing that the Bills and the Patriots have on their side, and we're, we're assuming that there's not going to be a tie, is one of them is going to come out with five games left, and if they just take care of their own business, they will get the bye. 
The Chiefs can't control that right now, so they need them both to get a, a fifth loss. We know one of them will. Uh, can the other team kind of keep it up after that game? So a very, very intriguing Monday night football game after the Chiefs' Sunday night football game. How many more games do you have the Chiefs losing the rest of the year? I, I think the Cincinnati game projects to be interesting, and, and that's, that is the only one that's kind of given me a little pause. I also wonder about L.A. on short rest, if the Chargers can kind of figure this out a little bit. I mentioned the, the quarterback. I think two max. Uh, I, I I probably would lean one, um, but for the sake of this show, I'm going to say zero. They're going to run the table, Jay. Come <laughs> well, on. I'm actually with you on that. They're 11 and six still gets you the playoffs. Right now, the number one seed, Pete, is the Baltimore Ravens, and I've had discussions about the Ravens, and you know, the football gods are shining on them. Now they weren't that first game when the Raiders and Lamar Jackson turned the ball over twice, including in overtime, but with Justin Justin Tucker's 66 yard NFL record field goal to beat the Lions. That 19-point third-quarter comeback uh, against Indy to win the game. They just seem to be getting by. Now, they're not getting better. Look at teams this time of year and say, who's getting better? Like the Patriots, they're getting better. Chiefs, with that defense, they're getting better. Baltimore just kind of there. I, I believe they've had the fortunate luck. Chiefs hitting the ball to them at the 34-yard line instead of kicking a game-winning field goal. I feel like luck eventually is going to come out because I have not seen improvement from that team. I agree with you. I, I actually feel that it's more likely for the Patriots to, to get to, to, you know, four losses for the whole year, meaning that they would sweep the rest of the way, than it will be for the Ravens to finish the year with only one more loss, which would get them to four losses. So I actually think it's more likely that Ravens, they currently have three. I'm trying to explain this better. Ravens currently have three. I think it's more likely that they get to five than it is the Patriots do, and the Patriots are already at four losses with the way they're playing. Um, football, it seems, you know, over the – the entire season, eventually we'll come back to what your record is. You are eventually going to be what your record is, and they just do not feel like, to me, a AFC by team. And I'll think, I eventually think, yes, they'll play their, their way out of it. Like, you know, you watch them on that, that Cleveland Browns game, you're like, how is this team first in the AFC in Week 13? Uh, but it is what it is right now. <laughs> and as far as this, I've been asked this question a lot this week. People, I've heard people discussing it. Who's the biggest rival? Listen, I grew up in an era of the Raiders and Chiefs, and when I sit down and have those conversations with the Mike Garretts, the Bobby Bells of the world, you know, they tell all these stories about the Raiders, and I can understand why the Chiefs didn't like the Raiders, and it's always been kind of to me. But I did also grow up in the era of this town not liking John Elway, then Peyton Manning, and all those yeah. heartbreaking losses to Denver. This has been kind of a weird series. 11 straight for the Chiefs, 7 straight for the Broncos before then. I started looking at the Patriots a couple years ago. Once this division's in hand for five straight years, I mean, the Chiefs were having their way with this division. I started looking at the rival. Maybe it's the Patriots when they had Tom Brady, like to get over that hump. But as we're sitting here now, is Denver still the biggest rival? Or if they start sliding towards the end of the year, do we still look at them at the same? Again, this is a team that hadn't beat the Chiefs since 2015. <laughs> I, I tend to think the Raiders are still the biggest rival. Okay. I know that they haven't been in – contention for a long time and they flirted with it and then they always end up falling back they had the one year where you know you had jack del rio staring down andy reed and and they had all the quarterback injuries and and fell out of it for me it'll always be the raiders and don't forget i worked for inside the chief's building for three years and you just understand the roots of it and lamar hunt and the davis family and just not liking each other for the afl days jay the afl was like in 19 what 50s and 60s so It's talking about a long time. I mean, and so to me, it's always going to be the Raiders for, for, 
the deep-rooted fact of it. And I think you go through different rivalries. And, and you know, right now it, it seems like it could be the Broncos because of what has been a real reversal of fortune dating back to 2015. And that seems to be on the mind of both fan bases. I know the Broncos were quite pompous back in the day, and now they're on the other side of this thing. So recently in the AFC West, it, it does seem like it's the Denver Broncos. I, I'd say the biggest one right now, in my opinion, is probably the Buffalo Bills, just because I, I think they kind of came off as the hungriest team and, and getting no respect. You see a lot of the Allen and the Mahomes comparisons, which is ridiculous to even, if you really look at the numbers of these two guys. Um, so yeah, I know that answer is a little bit all over the place. Recent rivalries need the team to be good, but for me it'll always be the Raiders regardless of record just because of how it's rooted into the founding of the Chiefs. I agree with you 100%, Pete. agree with you 100%. Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com, your one-stop shop for Chiefs information. Pete Sweeney, we'll talk to him again after the Chiefs game on Sunday night. It'll be late, wee hours in the morning, but Pete's always there and he's always ready. Pete, enjoy the rest of the night. All right, talk to you Sunday night. There you go, Pete Sweeney right there. An interesting name just showed up in the transfer portal. Let you know who that is next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez. Really quick segment here, but Quinn Ewers. You might wonder who he is. He's the, uh, he should be a senior in high school. He decided instead to go to Ohio State. Signed over a million dollars in name, image, and likeness. However, it's like with the kombucha company and like his memorabilia and stuff. So you could take that elsewhere. I mean, I don't know if some Ohio State uh, dealership ponied up for a car. He'll have to give that back. But again, I think a lot of these guys are going to run into this. He's probably not going to run anything. He's going to go back to Texas. He's from South Lake. Because CJ Shroud obviously had a good year. He's, he wouldn't. This guy wouldn't be a starter till 2023 anyway. He'd have to sit out another year, but he wants to play. Again, would have been the top quarterback this year, so he's trying to lure a lot of his top talent. Texas, does he end up there? A&M? Could he be in three different conferences in three different years? It's ridiculous. Interesting thing for Quinn Ewers. Buddy, over a million dollars, the kid's got in the bank now, but he ain't even played at all. But you C. think C. they're Stroud, regretting that? Jack Miller. I, I don't know, but again, I think this transfer portal is going to cause a lot of issues mess, with players. Man. This is a mess. It will, because I think if, if a certain company... Then again, it kombucha or whatever it could be from anywhere, right? But it, but if a company that's local to a university gives you money like to endorse their product, then all of a sudden you leave. Then what happens? It's the chance they take. Maybe that'll. Hey, will they be law? There, there's going to be lawsuits. You know, player or companies try to get their money back or saying, "Wait, you didn't live up to your terms." But yeah, I'm sure it's pretty spelled out. As long as I'm here, I'll endorse your product when I leave. Like like Jared Casey at Kansas, like he got less than a thousand bucks, but he did Applebee's, right? That was a but good that's it. That's all over the place, right? So you can, it's not like local Lawrence place, but again, these people are going to deal with cars and whatnot when, but maybe this is a good example, right? Of maybe some of these guys that are trying to advertise through these collegiate players. Now, maybe they're a little more cautious. It's going to be careful because the IRS right? is paid, paying attention. Yeah. They're seeing what's going on there. That gym was going to pay all those Miami players. Again, they're paying attention. Once you start making money, it's like, where's ours? Where's ours? I'll have that, but I'm curious how this name and likeness will work out when so many kids like 260 in the transfer portal now. I, and I get why he's going because he's not going to play at Ohio State. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I just hope these colleges are also giving these kids the resources to manage these situations. And regardless, he looks like he's going back to Texas. So we'll have to see the hotshot quarterback that skipped the senior year to go 
play for Ohio State, then all of a sudden get behind a Heisman Trophy uh, front runner that's a redshirt freshman with that extra year of eligibility with the whole COVID last year. Interesting times. Regardless, we come back. Jason Nivens, 989 The Rock, will join us. Plus, who's your biggest rival? You heard Pete talking about who he thought it was the Raiders for Pete. It's the Raiders for me. Terrell Davis was on with CDOT earlier and gave his take. I'll let you know what he said next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 